Thank you for connecting to Game Chat. All right. We got Craig in the channel. So we are recording the first episode of Game Chat. Here with me, I have my boys, Peter. Um, we're going to go by our gamer tags in this one. So I usually call him Bat or Beater. And I have my, my boy, Daniel Mason or Brothaby. Brothaby. Also think known as Benthaby, Benthluby, a bunch of different names. A whole bunch. I, I think what we do is just, you know, we go around the table and we just introduce ourselves, get, you know, get our names out there, get the people out there. So how about Bat? Bat, go first. Why don't you just introduce yourself, give us your name, give us um, give us your gamer tag. You know, I already kind of talked about that, but give us your gamer tag. And then how about we do, let's do a favorite memory associated with gaming. All right. Well, uh, my name is Peter. I go by uh, my gamer tag is bat one nine nine six nine, and I'm just really happy. Yeah, one nine 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 six nine, and I'm just uh, really happy to be here with uh, Yanni or Achilles, and my boy Daniel Mason or Bethaby. And I'm just uh, glad to be part of this podcast experience. And I guess a favorite gaming memory would be, um, hands down, uh, Destiny One running through the raids with our old clan. Yeah. Oh, you know what? Let's let's explain for the people that don't know. Because you know this is a podcast for everyone. What, what if the people the people that don't know what is a raid and what is Destiny? Oh yeah, of course. Uh, Destiny is a game uh, made by Bungie, uh, a video game corporation. And in this video game, <clears throat> excuse me, they um, they have created a whole. They create an environment. They create a world, and then like you, the world. player, like a shared world, and you, the player, drop in to this new world and you collect gear and you collect new and you collect new items and yeah, weapons with your, with your friends and it's a whole cooperative experience and raids as we call them are just longer levels and in those levels you all work as a team to get to the end game basically yeah like super complex gear. puzzles you know you're doing a bunch of stuff with your team so you need a lot of team coordination a lot of uh, talking there might be a lot of yelling but yeah, that's that was a good that's a good experience, good experience. Um, and now Bethaby, what do you what what do you have? Give us your name, give us your gamer tag, and give us a nice memory you have. My name is Daniel Mason. My PlayStation gamer tag is Bethaby, but has also been known to be called Baby Bethlubby, Ben Slaby, bunch of other stuff. Yeah, and one of my favorite memories. Is back in the day, there used to be these first-person shooters of the Call uh -huh. of Duty series. Call of Duty. I think most people are familiar with that. And there was a particular game called Modern Warfare 2. Mm -hmm. And one of my favorite memories from that is just going into lobbies and hearing 12-year-olds insult my mother and yeah. say that they were better than me at a video game. It's a good the classic. Time. Classic. Were you were you playing on on PlayStation or on Xbox at that point? Xbox. Oh, Xbox. Okay, that explains that a little bit. <laughs> right. Yeah, I can see that a little I, bit. Yeah, yeah. I think it just ruffled a little a few feathers. Sorry to all the Xbox fans. Um, but you know, it's a population that's there. Um, and we'll, we'll end we'll end it there. We're, we're not going to get into it. I don't want to I don't want to contribute to the console wars. I don't know if you guys want to. <laughs> no, I'm good. 
Okay. Even though there's a clear winner. Anyway, yeah. anyway, PC, anyway, PC. anyway, anyway, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> so here's the first question. You know, I, I didn't really know exactly the right way to go about structuring this for first, you know, gaming podcast. So I was thinking we do just general sort of thing. We talk about gaming's importance. We talk about why we find gaming important, things like that. So so okay. Here's my first question. I um this is the question I've got for you guys here. This oh here. I think it's an important way to start off this first episode and I just want to go over the impact of gaming. Um that you know it has an impact on us and we could review that in a little bit, but I think just for the beginning, let's review the impact it has on the entertainment medium. Like why do you think it's become so popular as like an art form? Like for people to create, you know, new worlds and stuff like that. I'll go first. I think it's become impactful because it's essentially another way of interacting with the audience. Like if yeah. you go to a movie or you're watching a TV show, you're you're just kind of soaking it all in. You're not really like, I mean, sometimes you can be entranced. Like with the Marvel stuff they're doing right now, it's easy to yeah. become like, I think that's a whole that. different thing that we could talk about in a little right. bit. But uh, with video games, they have a way, mo- way more creative space to be able to interact with players and make players make certain decisions. So it's definitely more, I would say, engulfing. It has a better yeah. job immersing people. And yeah. with recent technology, like augmented reality and all that, it mm-hmm. allows people to basically stretch the boundaries of entertainment yeah and see that's another thing too when we we bring up vr virtual reality and things like that new worlds right it's it's caught on but i don't i don't think it's caught on like like it's not in the mainstream like everybody doesn't know about it i don't think no so like where's the cutoff point like why is like gaming you know with a controller on the tv why is that the classic like why does that work so well well i I'm not I'm not that much like educated in the way it started, but if I'm wrong again, I'm sure I'll get corrected. But it started in arcades with yeah, yeah. places you'd go to hang out with your friends and you'd take money and you could just see who could beat each other's high scores. Mm-hmm. And uh people were finding ways to Port that so that you didn't have to go to the arcade every time. You could just have it in your own home. Yeah, like an Atari system you could take way back. Right. And then, this doesn't have to do with the topic per se, but it eventually shifted from high scores to more about like the journey and whatnot. Like story. Yeah, Yeah, story. But I think it originally started as ways to kind of bring that arcade experience home mm-hmm. so that you never had to go out and you know i guess you could say that's where it started i'm I'm sure that's probably not right but what I mean, what do you think that like when you when you refer back to like that gaming i think it's a good point you bring up it's like the thing is that it's kind of hard to th- say that you you want to miss out on that human experience because like so much of gaming now is online through party chats and things like that. So you're always talking to people, but like getting back to like the question as an, as a medium of entertainment, like why do you think gaming came home and it just like in front of the TV and it became so popular, uh, like consoles and things like that. 
Well, I feel like, <clears throat> excuse me, I feel like the reason why um, gaming has be, has come home, uh, so to speak, rather than you going to the arcade, um, is because I guess basically gaming is just about like convenience, personally, and mm-hmm. how things can be a little more convenient than as a kid you asking your mom or dad to drive you to the arcade with your friends and you guys play like Galaga or Pac-Man or you guys play that all day long until you're out of quarters. Yeah. But personally, I, um, I'm more of a fan of the gaming at home experience because yeah, if you, because there's always an alternative. So with those friends you used to go get dropped off at the arcade with, you can instead invite them over and you can play party games. Like uh, I believe on PlayStation, there's a game called the Jackbox Party Pack. And yeah. it basically has uh, a bunch of like uh, trivia games and board games that you would. Yeah, that it's like you're playing you like a game friends. night. Yeah, it's, it, exactly. It's like a game night with friends. And uh, that's and that's always been that's always been good because. Like, like you said, it's all about the human interaction. And I guess the reason why gaming has become like so much of an art form is because of those connections you make and it kind of makes it would kind of make more sense to bring it would make more sense to bring more convenience to the player because as you buy these games you're investing in the company yeah it's kind of like an invent you're investing in the company you're putting in time and effort they're putting in time and effort and you pay the 60 50 40 dollars you invest down in the company and then they take that money and put it into another project and so on and so forth. So I guess that's how the chain, that's how the chain works. Yeah. Exactly. So it would just, it would just make uh, personally to me, I, um, I love, um, just like being at uh, home, that, that, you know, yeah. you pop on a game and you're yeah. like, you know, you're just relaxed. Yeah. yeah. Especially like what, like what, do you, like the baby, do you, do you like, what's, what's your personal thing? Do you feel that, going to the arcade is better or the gaming at home experience is better. When I grew up, the most you'd find were those plug and play consoles, which was something where you just, uh, it has classic Atari games in it and all that. And then another thing I grew up with and my little brother grew up with was a system that came out around 2010 called the Wii, which I think was really meant to, Mm-hmm. home in on that arcade at home kind of idea yeah because because of the gimmick <laughs> no yeah <laughs> yeah i mean there was a gimmick aspect to it where it was just kind of like um you know fun just because you could do like you could wave your hand and then you could throw a bowling ball or hit a bat right you know, sports. but also i remembered you'd always invite people over to play on the wii and those games. exactly they were meant to be like party games. Yeah, and that, that's kind of what the Nintendo Switch now, like the new console right. from Nintendo, which has like it's portable. You can plug it into the TV. You could take out the controllers and give one to a friend. It's trying to like be that sort of arcade away from the arcade thing. Right. Well, I feel like the Wii, the Wii also kind of like also personally, uh, in my eyes, kind of started something. I don't know if you guys kind of agree with this, but um like the touch like the touch or not excuse me, not the touch sensor the little like uh like sensor you would wave the wii remote over like yeah. if you were playing wii sports and you were like pretending to throw a bowl or roll a bowling ball 
or you're playing, uh, for example, Mario Mario Party, which is another reason for friends to come right. over and just kind of have fun. Yeah. And and then we could see now with the Connect, the the PlayStation Move from the uh, from uh, the PlayStation Three era, and I guess now uh, with with VR, I guess there's always something there's always something larger to beat out what happened previously. I don't know if that kind of makes yeah. sense. I don't know if it's you like, guys it's like a new, that. it's like a new thing within gaming. Like, you know, we started okay. off with a question with like, what is the entertainment medium? Like the, in, in terms of gaming, like what is that now is VR a new thing? Because, you know, arcades and like retro arcade stuff like that, that are retro now, like I didn't get to experience like, you know, bats didn't get to experience like, things like retro art like those arcades where we would go and and play the games and you know like insert quarters and play a game but now you have a new medium in vr and artificial reality things like that that are hoping to make a new gaming experience where you're physically in there is that oh, like like do you think I that know. can catch on well i think what, i think vr can catch on yeah vr yeah. i think it can definitely catch on because because it's I'm, also when sorry to interrupt you, Bat, but like when when the gaming console came, like to, you know, to the house, it was expensive too. I'm not sure exact yeah. oh, prices, yeah. but it was expensive. Oh yeah. Now VR is expensive. Like you know, you have to get like let's say PSVR or PlayStation VR. For those of you who don't know, uh, PlayStation Virtual Reality, they have their own like headset. So, but to to get that, you need a PlayStation. Which I mean, now you could probably find for pretty cheap, but it's at least two hundred to three hundred dollars. Right. Then you need the VR headset on top of that, and I'm not sure exactly. When it first came out, it was I think it was like four or five hundred dollars, right? Now it was it's, very expensive. Yeah, it was really expensive. Yeah. So like now you're probably looking at you know of an, an investment like maybe four or five hundred dollars if you count in games like and stuff that you want to play. Is that a worthy investment for the type of medium that it is? I mean, I, I'm completely you know opinionated to the you know it's subjective. Right. VR is is a really new field because now they're taking like you can there's headsets you can buy where you can connect your phone into it and oh yeah yeah like like the google ones and the people are using and it's kind of going off topic from gaming but people are using vr for much more than gaming now like my brother where he works he was given a uh a headset for free and it just Mm -hmm. basically is like a tv it yeah. has it has YouTube, Netflix, and oh, yeah. and like when you're watching it, you're like sitting on a couch in the view, like that's what you see. Mm-hmm. Is that for work? Like, yeah, it's not for work. Like he uses his computer obviously to work, but when he's yeah when he's relaxing, if he yeah. wants to watch TV or Netflix or something, mm-hmm. he can do it through that headset. Yeah, I mean yeah. that's a, that's an interesting thing too. Like. Can VR? I mean, sure, it can change gaming because you're you're playing something in right. the game. Can it change like the way you watch Netflix or something like that? Right. Oh yeah, definitely. Because the other big Netflix thing was... itself too is changing. Like especially, sorry, but they didn't mean to cut you off, but like because uh, there isn't like you could buy like those four hundred, five hundred dollars, uh, you know, five four hundred, five hundred dollar headsets, but there's also like Google cardboard, which is literally something you stick like a, a Google phone into and it's really a piece yeah. of cardboard. It's also VR. So it doesn't yeah. have to be something so large. It can just be something so simple and yet it that's still makes I, a large impact on technology. That's what I was saying earlier. You have these headsets where you can literally just plug your phone into it and it's your own personal VR station right there. And then the yeah. other thing along with VR is 
I mentioned earlier is augmented reality, which is making it to where you interacting with the environment around you affects what's happening through what you see. Yeah. So it's like an overlay of your own reality. Right. And I'll make a comparison to Ready Player One here. Mm -hmm. Because in that, they hate, like, the main character and everybody has, like, a treadmill that they're using. Oh, yeah, yeah. And that augments where they go and where they move. And that's kind of what the concept of augmented reality is. Mm -hmm. And you interacting with your personal environment makes an impact on the environment you're seeing through virtual reality. Yeah, exactly. So let's say, what if you just compare the two? Like, you know, you compare VR virtual reality to AR or artificial reality. And, like, what do you think, could, which one of those two can catch on faster? What, what, what's your opinion on that? I think VR is definitely caught on faster because, like I said, people, you can even use it now to watch shows yeah. and all that. And VR, I think, is easier to work on right now because augmented reality, I don't think, is as deep of a field as virtual reality is right now because that's true yeah virtual reality is easy you're just pretty much projecting stuff on a screen yeah that's why that's why technology always always fascinates me because it's all like it's yeah. always changing like no matter what it started from those arcades we went to and then it goes to the take at home system and then all these consoles keep developing and then now for example like a little off topic was the google uh, was that was Google Maps? You can see yourself walking on yeah. a street view. Like there's always there's always something. Like I said, there's always something bigger, um, ready to be produced to improve on what was already made. So I don't know. What do you guys think about that? I mean, that's true. I, you know, there's really no arguing that one. I, it's just like to the point. Like, if we go back to the first, like the original question that we had beginning, the right. the, the, the gaming medium you know where you make art or like developers game developers are making art why has that itself become popular like mm -hmm. you just forget about everything else like there's vr everything if if you just focus on the games why are your games so popular that i think became popular in itself because like we mentioned earlier it became more about the journey rather than just beating high scores and stuff and part of the journey means that you get to make choices and stuff and video games using virtual reality and stuff are finding more ways to really interact yeah. with the player and really allow them to make more choices. And I think games are popular because instead of like a movie, you're the one in control. Exactly. And you're and that's the also one translating to TV as well uh, on Netflix. All this. Um, the Black Mirror Bandersnatch, um, the series where you... yeah. Rather than like the baby was saying, the movie where you sit down, you're watching it, and it's already the script's already made. It's already point A to point B. It's already point A to point B. It's already like set in stone. Mm -hmm. But now that we see with like Black Mirror, Bandersnatch, and the new series as well, with uh, you uh, helping Bear Grylls uh, escape the wild, um, it's it's giving it's giving that person a little more freedom because you paid for the service. You're like I said, you're investing in the company. It's always good to get a lot more back for how much money you're putting in, if that makes sense. Yeah. And then in terms of the games too, like you just go back to that. I know we keep getting off topic, and but it, it's it's good conversation, I think, to have like – because you're always connecting the gaming medium to other mediums, of course. You're always comparing it to uh, movies and, and TV and things like that. But in terms of interactive storytelling, how interactive does it have to be? Because there are games where – it's really, you know, you're 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 pushing two buttons, and and you're having it's it's a right, linear, linear exactly it's a linear game. So, why 
why have those kinds of games become popular? Is it just because you're watching the story unfold? And I think it's because you're in control. You're in control yeah. As opposed it, to like, even though it's so little control, right. because you're you're watching, yeah. like, you know, you're pressing A and B or X and Y or whatever, but you're mm-hmm. just like th- that little control helps you, you know, make some sort of different experience because you're not very far off from just watching a movie. Yeah, of course. I think that control is what really made it yeah. catch on, because video games, I feel like, in terms of entertainment, are a way just to kind of relieve mm-hmm. yourself in a sense. And I think having that kind of control adds to that yeah. element of relief. Oh yeah, of course. Especially, especially since those games help you take control and uh, they help you, you know, build build this world that basically you've created with your choices. It's like if you come home. I'm pretty sure everyone has experienced this, where you come home after a long day, you're so down and out, and then you can just turn on your gaming console, yeah. regardless regardless if it's a PlayStation, an Xbox, or a, play, or a personal computer, right. and and whatever whatever's your preference, even the Nintendo Switch, and yeah. you or, can or, or a cell phone, a smartphone, or a cell phone, of course, and you can just play to your heart's content, and and no one's gonna stop you because these games give you that autonomy and because they give you that freedom to maneuver at your will for example yeah the the uh telltale a very uh a develop uh development company who unfortunately uh is no longer around they yeah, created sadly. some of, sadly they made some of the best series to date uh for example the walking dead and the story is goes around um what you've chosen so like what like when you're going about playing these games say like the walking dead it's actually modeled after the show but it's different characters uh when you play the game you're making choices you're picking dialogue choices for what your character wants to say to the others and in those games, and by picking those choices yeah. sorry. sorry go ahead no yeah with those choices there's like every single choice matters and there's several thousand different yeah. outcomes you can get when you're playing these choices yeah and that's like in an, when we go back to those interactive movies it's just you're you're changing the experience to whatever you want it to be right and then i think that's why open world games where you know if you guys want we could explain what open world games are that's why those have become so popular yeah and open world games are pretty much just it's 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 fair anything's fair game it's it's pretty much a world where you have a lot of freedom to do whatever you want and in in the gaming market, it's called a sandbox, and what a sandbox is essentially how much is limited to the player and how much player ha- has immediate access to. And in open world games, that sandbox has like no limits essentially, so yeah. you can make as many choices just, as you want. And exactly, it's a huge map where you can go, exactly. you know, up to a limit, of course, but you can go wherever you want. Um, they have different. Uh, characters with different storylines that you can go visit. You don't have to visit those characters, uh-huh. and you can kind of cater the, to the experience to whatever you want it to be. Of course, especially we you obviously have to finish the little training section of each games before they kind of before they let you loose. Yeah, yeah, well. the tutorial sections. Mm-hmm. Yeah, of course. But that's I good mean, because you you get a sense of how like how you know obviously you jump you if you're playing like a uh, shooter game how to aim and shoot, how to do this, how to do that, how to run back and forth. Mm-hmm. And then after that, they basically just, they push you out into the open yeah. world and they say, uh, have as much fun as you can for your $60. Exactly, yeah. Just like, you know, the beginning is just your training wheels. You're like, okay, this is how you play the game. This is how you move your character. And now 
Now go and have your own experience. And they let it rip. And then you just you just let it rip, and you go and you get it. You have a, your own experience. Yeah, they the give you and they give you the keys, and then you kind of just do whatever you want. That's pretty much what exactly what those open world sandboxes are. Give you the keys are. to the castle. And then and it also it could change because there are you know some characters that have abilities, super fun things that you can change your experience as you go once you learn those fundamentals. Mm-hmm. And it's a lot. Uh, it's a lot like catering to the you know just the freedom of of life in general, like reflecting that in the gaming medium because. You can't really ever have that in in movies, yeah, or in TV. Because you can't you can't have that that much of an influence over the characters that are going and doing whatever they they're doing in their own world. And I think if we relate that back to let's say movies or uh, sorry games that have been translated to movies, say the most recent that I can think of is Tomb Raider mm-hmm. or uh, or Warcraft. Yeah, is that why they just haven't succeeded? Yeah, the reason those haven't succeeded, I think, is definitely because is definitely because um. <laughs> what made those games successful in the first place, like we said, is the idea of control. Is that yeah. you personally are experiencing it because you're the one who's making all the decisions and your actions impact the outcome. Whereas watching it, it's not really the same because you're not really there in a sense. And even though that experience, like say that original Tomb Raider game that came out, I don't even know how long ago. Yeah. You know that was just a linear game, so you're like the, the the experience wasn't like an open world where you can do whatever you want. The it was the story was catered to you. Yeah. So even that little flexibility that you have as a person controlling the character in the game, even that little thing gives you some ownership over the character. Oh yeah, of course. That's why like Lara Croft, the main character of Tomb Raider, is so beloved. Here, here we go. Like, let's go to another question that I had that. I think you know it's it's related to a lot of the the things that we've talked about, and um, you know relating games. And I think you know this is a it's a cool topic to focus on the first episode, relating gaming to everything else, all the other entertainment that we have out there, because there is a plethora of entertainment out there. So the geek culture, let's let's use that that word. So the geek culture. So you think gaming, things like that comic books, superheroes, those kinds of stories, uh-huh. very epic in scale, things like that. So don't you think, isn't that amazing how it's, it's nowadays it's dominating the landscape of entertainment. Right. Uh, we were going to talk about yeah, it. Yeah, of course. A movie like Avengers Endgame that is coming out very soon. Actually, I'm not sure how soon by the time this episode, this episode airs, but it, it's coming out soon or it's set to come out. And it's also said to be the biggest it's movie. It's predicted to break all kinds of opening week records. Yeah. Of course, even before the movie's out, it's already broken ticket sale records internationally. Yeah. I mean, it crashed the AMC website. It crashed yeah. uh, of course. Fandango. Crashed my phone. Uh, you know, they, they, was it Fandango? It was like Adam Tickets that said, oh, yeah, we, we sold six times the amount of even the last Avengers movie that came out a year ago. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy that that it's so like it's so dominated by the quote-unquote geek culture that yeah. uh movies like like uh endgame and infinity war and then even over to the other universe uh dc how yeah, yeah. they can just I knew you were gonna bring sell, it in. Uh, well you, you yeah i mean we gotta look at both viewpoints i'm just saying yeah. that um like even like even like those superhero movies like the geek culture yeah, exactly how how you see those beloved characters you've read in a comic book or you've seen in the animated series on TV, like on the Saturday night, uh, like Saturday cartoons, for example, like uh, like Batman, how you see him jumping around doing his thing, and then you see those 
personal memories come out onto the big screen and you see actual actors playing out those roles. Yeah, but see the fun, the fun thing for us, right, is because we're geeks, we love this all that stuff. You know, we love Star Wars stuff like that, the classic geeky stuff. But that's not the mainstream. Like, you know, all the geeks in the world can't, you know, raise. You know, the, it was Avengers: Infinity War, the last one that came out, to two billion dollars or oh, more yeah. at the box office. This movie is expected to make three hundred thousand dollars domestically in its first in its first three days, its first weekend. Oh, yeah. So, how why like you know when when you're going to the the the, the cinema to watch this, like what drives you, you? Yeah, what drives you? I mean, you 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 know as the geeks you know that love the comic books, Marvel comics, DC comics, all those kinds of things, those stories, you understand what drives them, right? What drives everybody else to go and see this movie? Because at the end, in the end of it, it's just superheroes fighting villains, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Well, what do you, I feel what do you like, say? Like, well, yeah, I feel like the main point is personally for me is seeing seeing those influential figures like Batman, Spider Man, uh, Iron Man, Captain America, like every like all those uh, popular heroes jump out of the pages of the comics or jump out of the TV and mm-hmm. land on the big screen with Chris Evans as Captain America or Robert Downey Jr. as Iron Man. Like seeing seeing all these actors pay an excellent uh, role to these to the heroes that we've uh, supported and loved throughout this entire time. Yeah, paying homage, yeah. or especially and another reason personally, I think uh, you see even with these like like I said, uh, yeah. all these actors coming to life. Yeah, but um, the reason it's like a why... connected world, I think, is what you're trying to get at. Oh yeah, of course, yeah, and seeing all seeing like the cinematic universes. Like uh, how one movie is going to lead to another and how like after the movie, uh, how they sneak in like those credit scenes to kind of like tease the next movie. It's all kind of like a domino effect, if that makes sense. I don't know if you guys agree with that. I've got the – I think I think I you know, this cool thing you brought up there. I wonder, um, Bethaby, if you could comment on this. Here – like storytelling now, you know, you know how you said um, that with the – uh, in you know more interactiveness of the Marvel Cinematic Universe because you know Chris Evans isn't just playing Captain America and saying you know bye bye you know he's he's in there he's been you know Captain America for ten years now mm-hmm. does is that is that reflected you know I'm, it is reflected in gaming but does the movie medium reflect the gaming medium by having that character be so uh, intertwined in the story. <sighs> and integral is it, is it interactive in a way maybe maybe um like is that why it's so popular like there has to be a reason uh i i don't really because like now what people are craving is long standing franchise storytelling uh-huh. you know even the the other day uh when this is being recorded of course game of thrones came out and it's just like you know, it blew up. It blows up you know the entire world into like a frenzy. And Game of Thrones is a, se- a series now that's been on for nine, ten, ten, nine years. I think they missed a couple of years, but you know, it has this is on its this is eighth eighth season. Right. It has sixty seven episodes, more like seventy hours worth of storytelling up to this point. I think it's why are people? I so think invested it's in mainly it? because of character writing. If if you write characters yeah. that you can relate to and have emotion, then people mm-hmm. will tend to grip on them. And I did a presentation on this in college about uh, movie characters and how they've changed over decades. Yeah, It's because as you write 
more sympathetic characters, people will tend to grow mm-hmm. attached to them more. Like in in yeah. TV shows and movies and whatnot. Like especially and, with the case with Infinity War, people think Thanos is Thanos is a good villain because you sympathize for him and you understand that okay, he's maybe not a good guy, but you respect his you know he has, drive and his will to make everything better. Yeah, like he has something that he stands on. Like he has like, you know, if they're skewed morals, they're they're morals that he right. has, and you yeah, can yeah. kind of, I guess, I don't know, I, you can agree with him at some point to some extent with what he's trying to do. He's trying to help people. Right. You know, he's a very messed up way of doing that, but he's trying to help people. So like, let's get it back to gaming, and I think the classic or it's a very good uh, like you know example of this is something like Red Dead Redemption Two uh-huh. that came out or Red Dead Redemption the original like 70, 60, 70 hours worth of storytelling and I touched on this in episode episode three of the of my of the logs uh, where I, we talked about gaming seventy hours you need to invest a lot what is that three four days of storytelling yeah. depending on how much you play like solid days yeah why why is that why why do people get so invested in these characters? Is it is it, does it just go back to like just experiencing? I think it's just the, I think life. it's just the way they're written. Because if oh yeah, no. if, they're if, the, if they're written in a way that makes you feel, and it's because when you're when you're playing this game, you're spending so much time with them. So obviously, you're gonna yeah. gain some sort of relationship neurologically with them, regardless of whether you thought they were a good character or not. And then when yeah. they hit you with a curveball, like in the middle of the end of the story and like something happens, you feel that because like you were talking about like the 70, 80 hours you've spent with this character. And then like all, all those, yeah. all those uh, feelings you've had for the character, they, they're still there. They're still with you. Like, for example, like yeah. I guess I'm kind of like bringing up superheroes a lot, but for like the Batman games, when they're on PlayStation, mm-hmm. the tagline is be the Batman. So yeah. when you're spending like the 30, 40 hours, for like the normal like story and like kind of like the the side stuff that could be completely mm-hmm. wrong on those times too but uh when that's um you you feel invested like every second of the story collecting those uh riddler trophies which are the collectibles to unlock better upgrades um like doing all the side investigations you personally i for me at least you feel you feel like bruce wayne you feel like batman in every single mission side mission uh every fight um even like the little radio on your uh even the little radio on your little on the screen where it points you in the direction like you you feel like you have the mask on yourself going into this yeah and especially you know you're you're a big batman fan too so that also helps in the exactly in the getting i mean but even a tagline like be the batman you know like i think anybody that hears that is like yeah i'd love to be batman i'm down i'm down yeah to be batman and and it says in the thing too. It says be the Batman. It's not saying, you know, there are some games that say do whatever you want, but this game is offering an experience like you are going to be Batman in this game. Exactly. And even even those fans who have like even read the comics, yeah. they'll they'll point out like little like little things they'll find. Like, the, like if like a vi- if like the villain if the villain's origins is pulled from like another universe of the comics, they'll recognize that immediately and they'll type about it on the website. Yeah. So it's just all, I mean like the what do you think about it? It's like interconnected. Right. Um, I don't really, I think you pretty much nailed it all right there. I don't really. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's uh, the, 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 the main thing about it, I think is just like 
like some sort of human connection, whether it's a, it's a digital character that you're controlling with a controller and you see him on the TV or whether it's actually like, you know, your friend, you know, like we said a while back, you know, with arcades, whether you're going and playing with them, it's how you connect to things as a human, you know, humans have the ability to connect a lot of things. Mm -hmm. So I don't think really digital characters are, are out of the question if they can, you know, Humans are in love with, you know, their their cars. They love their, you know, their their pets and things like that. And there's not sometimes there's just not a clear connection back. Like, you know, the car is just sitting there, and humans say, "Yeah, that's, right. you know, I love that." You know, they name it. So it's not right. that hard to say when there's a character on the screen that's behaving very much like a human that you're controlling and that's because of you is experiencing things. It's not that hard to think that, or to to even to claim that, you know, you're you're in love with that character you because of character. those those reasons. Exactly. 100%. I totally I think agree. it's just basic human psychology that you grow attached to people. You grow attached to anything that you spend an extended period of time with, regardless yeah. of whether it's a positive or negative relationship or affiliation. And, and that's yeah. one of the main things, I think. It's because, like with the movies again, for instance, like with Marvel – We've seen Robert Downey Jr.'s Iron Man from the beginning, and we've been through every single event in his life in the movies. So obviously there's going to be some yeah. connection because we've been there since the beginning. And here's a side question for that. That's a good thing that you brought up because we've been through through uh, like all these experiences with Robert Downey Jr.'s Iron Man or Tony Stark since the beginning, since 2008 when it came out. Now, what if we think, let's say, 20 or 30, down, 30 years down the, down the road, where these movies are just available, you know, the Marvel series pack, you know, whatever it is, and you can yeah. just watch them back to back to back. Is is that like is the experience gone there or like of waiting? You know, now oh, we're waiting for Avengers Endgame. It's going to be the movie of the you know the century. Yeah, is some of the experience lost by not have you know just not having that time. Okay, part of I was having this discussion the other day and. I know we're talking about movies right now, but the difference I think is the kind of purpose Marvel movies have come to serve. Cause when like we're looking at, like we had just got done seeing Shazam and we were talking about what makes yeah. a good superhero movie necessarily. Yeah. And when we what were talking about, by the way, and when we were talking about Marvel, <laughs> we kind of good. referred to it as like any other series you'd watch. Where yeah, yeah, every oh, movie yeah. is just another episode mm -hmm. in that series. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah. So, I mean, there's obviously going to be different reactions for people who have to wait to see this versus people that just have everything on demand automatically. Oh, I think I see what you're trying to do. Like, you're relating like now, you know, let's say Game of Thrones comes out once a week, but you know, Netflix will drop a whole series for you. Right. Oh yeah. And in terms of those Marvel movies, like see, we're waiting for Avengers Endgame right now. But then people will have that in the future. So obviously our experience will be different because we've been waiting for it and there's a lot of yeah. hype built around that. But, then, but necessarily that experience isn't gone for uh, – it's not as impactful, I'd say, to people who have the full set. But it's still definitely there because like all the movies are kind of like episodes in like a yeah, long series. Exactly. Well, yeah, I, it's especially because – sorry, I can't even make a but um, – um, especially because, like, we're talking about the emotions you've been invested in these characters, especially with, like, Infinity War, how the big bombshell dropped, how half the population was 
um, was killed off, including was dusted, including some of the Avengers and all these characters that we've been through since the beginning, just to see them like dissolve in a dust and, and just die. There's a lot of emotions that come out of that. There's a lot of sadness. Like for example, um, the Peter Parker, Spider-Man or Tom Holland, when he obviously one of the most memorable, memorable scenes from the movie is when he's hugging Robert Downey Jr. Tony Stark. And he's saying, I don't want to go. I don't want to go. And he starts, he starts crying. People who are so invested in Spider-Man are so invested in that character just to see him. And he passes away and he dusts away that, that puts a lot of emotion. And then, especially because in a superhero movie, at the end, the superhero wins, you know, the yeah. day is saved. That's what you expect. You know, the princess is saved from the castle. You know, it's, it's basically like black and white. And then just to see like at the end of Infinity War, seeing the seeing like quote unquote the villain or however you portray thanos yeah i mean i'd say he's and, a pretty good villain it's just to be continued half the yeah population of the universe yeah and then again yeah, we say he's a good villain die. because of the way his character is written that's true yeah, yeah. how it's like wrapped around catch that yeah that's a good that's a good catch it's a good point yeah and it, i mean it goes back to like the, the just the character and i think you know even though we're getting off base with you know referring to movies and referring to games and things like that i think it's it's a form of entertainment it goes back to the character yeah the yeah what makes it what makes a good character exactly yeah because now in gaming we said like there's the open world games where you could spend a lot of time just combing through this whole world and exploring this whole world and then there's also making your character yeah yeah you you can even make your character make the character look like you make the character like maybe what you want to look like like, or some sort of weird funny thing um, or you could just like go back to like something like Red Dead, where you're playing a cowboy and you're playing his story. Like, uh-huh. and it and it all revolves around back to choice too. Yeah. Because it's like in in real life, you just make one choice, and then that's kind of it. But people, I think personally, um, obviously I can't be inside everyone's head, so I don't know. But can, yeah. um, I think or can I? Um, stay tuned. Oh, um, <laughs> stay tuned to the next episode. Stay, stay, stay yeah, stay tuned. The the reason why is because you can make a choice in a video game. Yeah. You can you can save your progress before that choice, and then let's say you didn't like it, you can revert back to that old version of the game, and oh, then okay, you can make yeah. that other choice. That's way better. And people can't really like. There's no save button and load game in real life, so they can kind of like peek behind door number one, and if they don't like it, they can just close it and go for the other prize in door number two. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. You're just trying to experience new things and see. Yeah, what one action will see. you know impact the the other action or some sort of scenario? Exactly. Or even in the PlayStation Three series, I'm pretty sure we're familiar with it, but just for the viewers, mm-hmm. uh, the Infamous series. Oh yeah. Where you were a character with powers, and you could either have good karma or bad karma, and whether you had good or bad karma uh, influenced the environment around you. For example, if you were evil the city would look more red and dark and people would be falling on the ground. But if every, but if you had good karma, the city, everyone would be walking around like really healthy and everything would be all right in the world. Yeah. Um, have you guys played infamous? Are you guys uh, familiar he, with the series? No, I, yeah. I haven't played like the first, I think it was two right on the original PS3. First, first two. Yeah. yeah first two. I, I played the one that started with the PlayStation four, the infamous second son, which had a cool store. Um, mm-hmm. And that's that goes back to like a lot of things too because that game you're playing with a character it's an open world game, Infamous Second Son. Yes, I'm sir. not sure if the other two are. Uh yes, they they are, but 
they not are nearly it's a little as more open cons- world. It's, yeah, yeah, it's a little more confined. They can find you to like a small little like suburb. Yeah, so I mean, the newer game on the PlayStation Four, it's more updated and things like that. So it has a larger space that you can play. Oh, yeah, of course, of course. But in those games, in the second son, the one that I was playing, you're spending a lot of time with that character um and you're you're you're, you know you're making choices for him like you can go around being you know very you know like a maniac and you know earn your bad karma you could be you know you could be the savior of the city and earn your good karma and you could experience both those things like you could be the superhero or you can be the supervillain kind of like how we're talking about in like movies and stuff like that like a thanos character exactly it's all connected yeah yeah yeah, exactly because it's characters bottom line it's characters but the thing is, the only difference really between something like looking at, you know, the villain Thanos and looking at the, vin- the villain, you know, you in, in Infamous is that interactivity that you get with games. Of course. So is there anything different, you know, between watching, you know, Thanos snap and, you know, dissolving half the universe versus like you going around the city tormenting people? I guess, I guess it just comes down to like where you're saying like uh, how, how this character like interacts with the world around them like the favorite what do you what do you think about that because i'm not too sure can you sorry can you repeat it again (laughs) no it's all good it's like i'm thinking you know if you just relate the two things like let's say we'll just take infamous second son you know or into the infamous series as an example where you can be bad right you can be bad and earn your bad karma or yeah and then and you know then the city feels you know it reacts to that bad those bad choices that you make so if you take that as our gaming example, and then as our movie example, you know, of another, you know, just an example of another medium, you take Thanos and how he snaps and he destroys the universe. What's mm-hmm. the difference? The, the only difference is interactivity, right? Because you're doing it in the game? Yeah. Right. Yeah. So what does that change? Then, what does that change to the experience? Why do you think that is? Like, why do you get so attached to, I forget um, the character's name, but why do you get so attached to the Nelson? character? Nelson? Yeah, Nelson. Yeah, Nelson yeah. or Cole. Delson. Oh, Delson. Delson. Okay. Yeah. Sorry. Well, I feel like. Well, I kind of have like kind of like a uh, kind of like a rebuttal question. Yeah. If that's. All oh right. yeah. Yeah. Um, um. For example, like, would it? Would the choices you make in the game kind of like define like who you are and like your morals and what you kind of stand for? If that makes sense. Like as a person, like with. A, like, yeah. 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 Like. Uh, yeah, like if you like it, like uh, it kind of seems like kind of like a far reach. Not really. I don't really think so because. Again, with games, you're given a lot of freedom. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's why it's kind of like that's why I kind of feel like it's kind of a reach. But I wanted to like throw it out to you two and also the viewers and kind of see like what we kind of all think as like a community. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's hard because you know you can go and go crazy mode in a game, and you know you're just like you know completely you know normal person. You're just experiencing right. that crazy mode sort of thing. Is that like? Mm-hmm. Does that? I mean, that, you're dipping into the psychology there. If you're saying like that dips to some, you know, into some sort yeah. of un- <laughs> yeah, unconscious sort of thing, you know? Mm-hmm. No, yeah, I totally agree. Yeah, it's just it's always like it's always been kind of like a long time question of mine. Like, let's say like you do like a like a wrong choice in a video game, mm-hmm. or you do these evil things. Like for example, Red Dead Redemption. Yeah, you can just like connect. You can just connect people like random people off like the street or GTA. The time up to, like, I mean, that's a classic yeah, or, exactly. Right, exactly, or GTA, and like you can literally just like walk down the street and like destroy like a whole street block, or even like Red Dead, where you were talking about, yeah, where um you can literally kidnap someone off the street, time to train tracks, and just watch it like let it ride. 
Yeah, it's just it's just all yeah. So it's kind of just. I mean, like, the game lets you do that. So I mean, you know. Well, the game totally lets you do it too. It's not like the the second it happens, the game's like, hold on, like yeah, it doesn't take stop. You. I mean, it gives you those mechanics to be, so you're like so you can do that and torment people as a as the player. Some will also give you like trophies and achievements, like worth like for like quote unquote. And I think troubles. Red Dead also has like some sort of you know. Um, morality system with it too if you're bad i'm not sure i haven't i haven't played red dead too okay but i think it does i think it has like some sort of like you know you're a good um you know you're a savior to the people or you're a bad a lot of games have done that too like even in uh metal gear solid 5 uh the phantom pain Mm -hmm. um in the beginning of the game you have uh, a little spike out of coming out of your head yeah and the more evil things you do um the more that little thing comes out yeah, it's coming out of your head, and because uh, in the beginning of the game, like you a like a unicorn a horn? injury. Yeah, it's it's yeah, it's kind of like out of the side of your head. Oh, okay. And the and the and the more and the more evil things you do, the the more evil things you do, the more it kind of like sticks out of your yeah. head. And when it's like all the way out, then you become like evil snake, and then you can't, and then you can't, and then everyone sees you as like this monster, and it, the environment changes around you. Yeah. And so it it just fascinates me how how developers do this and also like like, like the we buy it and then we play it. it exactly yeah yeah hundred percent like how the community's like oh I did this and then someone else will have a completely different thing and then that third person will have a completely different thing yeah so but what do you yeah. think about that like that sort of interactivity that comes in and out of games where you'll do something fun and then you'll tell somebody about it and then you know it's just like a chain reaction of look at what I did or check this out. Uh, I think the best comparison to make to that would be Detroit Become Human. Because oh, that's a game with, I'm pretty sure, literally limitless cap- like, like possibilities for choices. Yeah. Or endings. They even show you the web. Or endings. They even show you the yeah. web uh, after the chapter, saying, seeing what you did. Yeah. And then there's a bunch of other like locked decisions around it. Like, oh, what if you didn't take the bus stop? Or what if you didn't do this? Or what if you did this differently? What if you took this weapon? Yeah. So oh, and, that's, you know, that's explain, what I was Explain the game too, if you can, Bethavia, or, or Bat, uh, if you can explain like what actually Detroit Become Human is. Because that's a really cool topic. You know, we could even touch on it if you want just a little bit here um, about, you know, androids in the future. It's essentially just choose your own adventure, the game, mm-hmm. but with literally thousands of choices. Oh, I mean, I'm, like, I'm pretty the story, sure that, the story. Oh, uh, I'm not too experienced on the story. Oh, I just okay. know well, do you want me to? Do you want me yeah, to take the mental on this one? Let's flip it over <laughs> to uh, to battle. So there. basically, basically, Detroit Become Human is, as uh, Batavi stated, a choose your own adventure yeah. type of game where basically the graphics are perfectly done, where you feel like you're playing through an interactive movie, and that's personally what grabbed me immediately was. The graphics and like the transition, everything between, works. Like the transition, like you'll choose yeah. something and then not like it. Will, the game won't just like stutter and says, "Oh, you know, you made choice yeah. two. Gotta, you know, you know, revert the game and then you yeah. know, it'll just do." Or it. even, or even like the game, or even if it's like huge decisions, like the game will like let the game will increase like the timer or even cut out the timer in general to help you make those decisions. Yeah, and even between and the amazing thing is you play as three different people throughout this long campaign people so that's that's three that's or excuse me three androids yeah. and you take and it's it's amazing because you have one person's story and then you have a second person story and you have a third person story that's three uh characters 
that you can manipulate the way they play and you can also and they can also if they if they die they can't come back there's no like respawn system they can't Mm -hmm. come back so if they're if they're done that's that's it unless you want to unless you revert to an old checkpoint as we were talking about an old uh, version of the game an old save yeah then there's a way to get them back but it's it's just so much fun to see you controlling these characters and how the world is influenced by your choices and just to see like what kind of like what kind of hijinks you can get into and what kind of like how much uh, trouble you can cause on just like a night out on the town for example so yeah, that's personally yeah. something really fun for me it is fun yeah and it's cool it's a cool experience too when you, you because i think you when when you're touching on the story here i think like that's what, what i really enjoyed about um detroit it, it shows like a different world where androids are kind of like a new like they're just like um a servant basically to the human population and it's focusing mainly on it has a lot of symbolism to modern day we're showing these oh, of course androids that are being subjected by the human population and it shows their rise to freedom and um it's a cool story and you know it's it gets, it's an interactive story so you get to choose like do you do I want to be the revolutionary android that destroys everything and takes revenge on the humans because they wronged me so much or do I want to be the android that says look we're one in the same and you know we could experience yeah. the human experience together because we have very similar equal. you know experiences oh yeah it's just it's just like like I said it's just incredible just to see how how well these characters have been worked on and how and how well you can like like i said like we've been talking about just uh how you can change the game just yeah, yeah. it's just that's just that simple yeah you can what, do you, what do you uh what do you think the baby what do you think on uh detroit and the choices you can make like the interactivity yeah the interactivity yeah. of it yes i mean pretty much nailed it it's it's just the most freedom i've seen from a modern game yeah give you i think yeah and i think that's what attributed to its success and i think i think that's really why you can you can attribute you know just gaming's overall success to, yeah. to that interactivity and to just people inhabiting characters that they enjoy and you know they'll go mm-hmm. to conventions and they'll cosplay as them they'll dress up as the character and very right. like to movies and things like that they'll you know they love these characters because they spend so much time and they've controlled them and they've brought them through mm-hmm. experiences and things like that 100% yeah and it's just the main uh, Sorry, yeah, I, I was kind of like, talking no, no, it's okay. Uh, I just think kind of like, I don't know if like you guys might agree with me with this, but I kind of think of gaming personally for me, it's kind of like an escape. It's an escape into creativity. Yeah, yeah. It's I an escape into creativity. It is. Oh yeah, definitely. Because think about it. Like, like if you're having like a, like a, like a hard day, like from school or work or from, or from anything and you just come home. And you load up, like for example, like the like uh, the Call of Duty series. Yeah. Like you just load up and play a couple of games of Call of Duty with some friends who are online, or you play, uh, for example, one of the new one of the new battle royale games, Apex Legends. You just get on that and you play with two of your uh, closest friends. It's just it's just how you how you play the game with friends. It's yeah. just how you how you make those connections and how you escape from here from your kind of like nine to five job, like your little cute, exactly. you, you know, your little uh, your little like uh your little your uh, bubble, workspace your workspace and you kind of think outside the box and you uh jump out of it and you play these games with your friends and yeah. even for the even for the developers too who make these amazing games like they they their creativity is skyrocketed yeah 
and you're playing with friends, you know, you know, the friends don't have to be near you. They don't have to be sitting on the couch. No. You're playing with your friends all across the world. Yeah, different state, different continent, you name it. Yeah. And that's and the fun the fun thing there is that they are friends. You know, you're you're playing, you know, you're you have them in their your ear, you're experiencing these things. And I think I touched it on that episode uh, of the podcast where I was talking about um the the experience that you're having with that person in the game. So let's say, you know, uh, Bethabi and I are playing some sort of open world game and we see some, you know, crazy thing happening. Like that's our experience right there. You know, we share, we, right. we shared that. And like, isn't that what friendship is all about, right? Sharing experiences. Of course. Uh, sharing the experiences and the memories because, uh, you could just, and especially like you were saying how they're in your ear and you could just talk about it the next day too. It's like, Oh, Hey, remember when, um, we just completely destroyed an enemy team or do you remember when, we um we like ran around in that open world thing. for we solved a puzzle or we ran around in that open world for two hours just discussing our days it's just yeah gaming is just really personally bringing people together and kind of like keeping and making a community around people who share kind of like the same ideas and that's what makes it important and i think that's what's captured at least now with a lot of yeah. online gaming and you know just having your friends list there and ready in, you know, integrating that friends list into the game, and I—that's that, what gaming has cornered the market on because there's something special about actually experiencing an experience that you guys are crafting, like you know, you and your friends mm -hmm. are crafting together, versus like, sure, the movie experience, like sitting down next to your your friend or your family at a movie theater is is awesome, but there's also something that's, if not, you know, you know, it's just it's original. It's original that just can't be captured by by that exactly. cinema, by because that you're not yeah. because you're right not necessarily on. just buying a game. You're just you're you're not necessarily just buying a game, putting that sixty dollars down, investing. You're buying you're buying an experience. You're buying memories. Yeah, and that's, that's, that's what that's, that's, that's what makes a great it. That's, way to put it. You're and you're an you're buying these experiences. They're they're selling you experiences. They're selling you memories, and that's what that's what makes it the most important. Like in, even in the in the beginning of the episode when I described. Um, doing those raids, those large complex levels where we have to solve puzzles for hours and hours on end, just to make it to the end, through all uh, through all the blood, sweat, and tears to get to the end. Like yeah. that's that that's that's the reward because you did it with people that you play with daily. Like, what do you what do you think about that, Bethany? What's what's your uh, what's your uh, idea on it? Um, again, I think you you pretty much nailed it. It's <laughs> you just so you're nailing it today. You know, you got it, it's <laughs> all about. I'm in fuego. I think it's all about building relationships. Too. Yeah, and that's right. what I. And that's like you know, bottom line. I think that's what gaming has uh, has captured. Exactly. So, right. I think not now, just positive relationships too, because now gaming has kind of shifted towards a competitive aspect as well. Of course, but that's and also true. That yeah, we never we never touched on that. You know, like East the topic for another day. That it could, it could it could be a concept for another day, but you know what esports is. Just so we can explain it here, is basically competitive gaming where you know professional gamers go and they play games against each other, and you know they have large prize pools and things like that. They are their teams. Um, there's a game Overwatch that has an, a league and it has teams from a bunch of different cities all around the world, and. Mm -hmm. That's that's also just that's like brand. It's not really brand new, is it? I think it's been going on for a while in terms like no, the no, Call of the Duty league has been going on right. for a while. But but I mean competitive also too in the sense that more battle royale games are coming out. Oh, and okay, yeah, yeah, sole, in that way too, yeah. The sole purpose of those games, I think, is 
just strictly to be competitive. You're trying to win. And just so we can explain the battle royale game, you want to explain that what it is? Like just like yeah, it's essentially thing. just a free for all. A bunch of people land in this certain area, they grab whatever they can and try to survive to the top. Yeah. So you just go in and you just kind of you're scrounging, you're scavenging for materials and you know you're trying to make it mm-hmm. be the last one standing. It's like a one versus a hundred, or or your team versus you know the other teams. Right. And that's also another fun thing too. I mean, that's that's a, that's an experience in and of itself. If if we're focusing this episode, the, these ideas on experience and interactivity of the game. But I think what we can do now is take a little break and then come back and explore some gaming news. It, it was a light week for news, but we have some stories that we can cover. Of course. So let's uh, let's take this little break and then come back. All right, we're back here, and we're just going to cover a little bit of gaming news here this week. Uh, first piece of news here, we have it's a light week on news, but we're looking at the PlayStation 5. And I don't know if you've all have heard about the, new, the PlayStation 5. You know, it's, it's, uh, it's coming and it's expected um, it from PlayStation, from Sony. And the lead architect, head of design, Mark Cerny, says that it will have 3D audio capabilities in the game. And he says, quote, here, let me find the quote. He says, in referring to 3D audio, he says, it will make you feel more immersed in the game as it sounds. Oh, it, sorry, let me, let me try that again. It will make you feel more immersed in the game as sounds come at you from above, from behind, and from the side. Now, mm-hmm. here, Bethabe, I'll, I'll, I'll point the question to you here is like what is sound in gaming like atmospheric sound is that important in a game and like does this 3d sound does it make a huge difference for most games i'd say i'd say maybe but i think for games that focus maybe on horror elements and a big aspect of horror elements is focusing on sound like they build up fear and suspense with sound that's true. Um, and then in in like competitive scenes like Battle Royale, I think it's definitely competitive because you're gonna want you're gonna want every edge you can get. Yeah, oh, like yeah, you listen to the footsteps of the other. Yeah, the, the footsteps, the gunshots, any abilities that they're using, if it makes any sound. Yeah, and if you're able right. to just like l- listen and say, oh, you know what, this this uh, footstep is coming from behind me, you know exactly where you, you know you could turn, you turn around. around and go. Uh huh. And does that make that feel more? Uh, like real yeah I think the main point of that is to be more immersive and the other thing there too is I mean to do some something like that I'm not sure because you said you know audio right uh, you're I don't know 3d audio no 3d audio okay but I, I no. think wouldn't you have to have some sort of 3d audio capability like you know, I mean they essentially do that's what stereo stereo is basically sending as much data as it can to both the left and the right of a certain sound source. Okay. So with headphones, like when you're playing a video game and you're playing with headphones, they are giving you 3D sound in a sense. It's just not complete because they only have two inputs, left and right. Yeah. And yes, you can... Well, though, I think it's... Like in game... Yeah, like when I play Apex, I can hear where Gunshot is coming from regardless of 
Like if it's behind me, I can I I know where to turn to look for it. Yeah. And and does that does that add to the game? I mean, sure it adds the like the realisticness of the game. Does it add to like just the quality of the experience too? I'd say. I mean, if they're making a big deal out of it, then I'd hope it would. <laughs> That's true, yeah. If they're making it. And the, the other big deal that they're making is that um is 8k support for like I for saw that. 8k uh, support 8k support ssd uh drive so that's a solid state drive so games will load and play faster that's just crazy yeah, yeah i saw on uh, i saw on GameSpot how they said um that the normal loading time was about 15 seconds for a game but now with the ps5 specs it's like less than a second uh, the second you load up the game you're already on the title screen Wow, that's crazy. Yeah, I mean, it just gets you the experience faster, uh, in in just like just the basic sense, and the experiences hopefully look looks much better if it's 8K. And that's the other thing, though. It's right. how many people are going to get 8K TVs? Aren't those like ten thousand dollars now? Exactly, 8K oh, yeah, TVs, or even expensive. or even like 5G, if that's coming in the near future. Yeah, I mean, you're future proofed, so you know, once those TVs go down, exactly. And, in price like you know, like hd tvs remember how expensive those were but now you know you can go buy one at walmart mm-hmm. but yeah i mean i think i think it's cool that you know even a few years ago four or five years ago the console generations was were thought to be done because they're they can't be updated as quickly as they can like a pc right. can where you can just swap out a component and it's up it's ready to go mm-hmm. a console you have to go and you replace the whole thing but PlayStation and Sony are committed to it and they're and they're investing heavily in they're investing in very high tech technology to mm-hmm. to go about and you know just send this out to the world and and update the console. So so here's um mm-hmm. here's my final piece of news. It's actually an announcement, uh the game announcement. I think you guys have uh, I've, I've told you before with um Jedi Fallen Order and with mm-hmm. EA. Yes. What I want to just like you know we can cover on the Jedi Fallen Order. It's a it's actually a Star Wars game. So um, if you want to explain, uh, do you guys know uh, more about the the game? Bat, go ahead. <laughs> yeah, um, for the bat. Um, I guess the only things that I've seen personally are the obviously the reveal trailer and that it will be uh, a single player only experience and that uh, EA will uh, not be um, adding in microtransactions at the launch of the game, at the end of the game, in the middle of the game, two weeks after the game's come out, microtransactions yeah. are a big no-go. They're yeah, completely exactly. taking them out. It's been guaranteed. I believe they did do an AMA or an Ask Me Anything on Saturday, or uh, last Saturday, where they did address any questions. And I haven't gotten a chance to look at it yet, but I'm very I'm very hopeful to see what EA can do yeah. with this one. Because there are issues with EA and, you know, just... of course. Um, microtransactions basically acting as a slot machine where you can just you pay yeah, real world money in the game on top of what you've already paid the sixty dollars for the game, and you're basically you know just you know clicking the slot machine, dropping these loot boxes that just drop random loot that you may exactly. may or may not want. And what Jedi Fallen Order is, it's a game. It's focused on the Star Wars universe, and it's focused I think after the end of Episode Three, so all the Jedi are being hunted down and in this game you know you're you're acting as a jedi that's the experience they're trying to push here and it's a story game so it's there's nothing multiplayer about it 
it's uh, it's your own experience. And I think by removing those microtransactions, those loot boxes, multiplayer, it adds to the single player experience and that interactive story that you have by yourself. And I think it's a cool exactly. thing to, yeah. to look at because Star Wars in you know in the movie franchise is a huge franchise. Huge. And to see that in gaming and to see that represented in, in gaming and in this medium where you're more interactive, much more interactive than the movies, it's it'll be fun to see where they can go from there. The game is being uh, developed by Respawn Entertainment. They're very famous for making... Well, they, I mean, the, the people that made Respawn Entertainment, they w- they were on uh, uh, Call of Duty. I think Infinity Ward, they made Call yep. of Duty. Yes. And then they went, they left. I, I was like, kind of pioneers of the first person shooter industry. Yeah, yeah. So to see them, you know, they, they're very, they're experts in the industry. They're, you know, veterans of the industry. So to see them had a game like that, it would be, it'd be awesome to see what they can come up with, a story experience for the Star Wars fan, the geek. For the geek, yes. For the geek, yeah. I mean, that, that's that's that, well, that's what it comes down to. It's for the geek. You know hashtag I mean? for the geek. <laughs> hashtag, hashtag for the geek. I think we have our, our title. I think of we our have episode. our title. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So for now, for now, I mean, it's it'll be awesome to see. And what I want to do now is just get your final thoughts, your your last word. What 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 do you have to say to the people about this topic? How about Bethabia? How about we go first? About what topic? Now? About everything we've talked about. Everything we just talked about. Round it all up. Round it all up. What do you think? Gaming is the future. <laughs> Gaming is the future. It's, all right. I'd say it's the most yeah, influential. <laughs> I'd say it's the most influential form of media we have to date, just because new technology is allowing it to push boundaries. Yeah. And it's all so, constantly being developed. Yeah, constantly being developed. Bat, what about you? Um, I could not agree more with Fabi. I think you pretty much nailed it. Um, but um, I I agree 100% that uh, gaming is super influential because not only do the developers make their games, the consumers actually control. Because um, based on my previous point where we discussed how um, when you're putting down that sixty dollars, you're investing in the company. So when you invest in the company, mm-hmm. you expect to get a get a say in what you just bought and it's it's super it's super interesting to see the to see the gamers just it just influence how um how the game runs exactly it's 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 incredible to me yeah and i think yeah for my final thoughts here i think it's just it's just rounding up the that interactive experience that games provide that experience that will um that lasts and that offers a human connection to the characters the digital characters Mm -hmm. that are in the game and the actual, you know, if you're playing co-op, the guy sitting next to you, your friend, your family. And uh, if you're playing multiplayer online, you know, the people that are across the world that, you know, you just love hanging out with. You love having them in your ear, bugging you, making jokes with you. And I think that's the, the best part of the, the gaming experience. Could I agree more? So I think, you know, that's the best way to wrap up this episode. Thank you guys for tuning in. It has been, you know, me, uh, you know, here, Yanni. Um, from the logs, um, thank you so much for to, to Daniel Mason, Brothaby, as I read here, and, mm-hmm. <laughs> and Bat, uh, for, for helping me out on this episode, this first episode. So I hope you enjoy. I hope you enjoy, and I hope we can deliver much more of Game Chat to y'all. <laughs> thank you. So, thank you for having us. Thank you for – oh, yeah, yeah thank, 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 thank you. Thank you for being <laughs>
I thought, I thought you were saying thank you for having us to the people. And I was like, oh, wait. Thank you for having <laughs> us in your home, in your car. Uh, in your speaker. In your speaker, in your ear, you know. That's that's awesome. So, again, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. So um, we'll be back hopefully soon and hopefully with, with more guys here, more of our friends, uh, so we can share the experience and, and share what we have to say about, about gaming and the world that we're living in now. So thank you. And that was the first episode of Game Chat. It was a really great time to be able to hang out with my friends and just talk topics. I hope you enjoyed, and I hope we can bring you much, much more of Game Chat with more friends, more laughs, more fun, and more stories to explore. Have a great rest of your day, and please listen on. And that's Game Chat signing off game chat is a podcast series from the log so if you enjoyed please like please follow and please subscribe anywhere you find podcasts go and visit our merch store live now with a bunch of designs and styles listen on youtube if you'd like a transcription of the episode and always always remember to laugh a little